about alignment. Amen. So we're going to be doing that. Are you in Matthew chapter 13 today? The Bible says this, verse 31. It's going to be on the screen for your convenience. And Jesus put another parable before them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds. But when it has grown, is larger, somebody say larger, than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. I want to preach to you for a few moments, very briefly this morning, on the subject, influencers. Look at your neighbor and say, are you an influencer? Are you an influencer? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You and I, I'm going to jet through this. I've got 10 pages of notes here, and I'm going to condense it down for you today. (laughs) You and I were created for influence. Somebody say influence. And this is a term that a lot of people in my generation use, especially uh, people from Gen Z, amen, Uh, when it has to do with TikTok and social media and YouTube, you have people called influencers. They have a lot of viewers. They have a lot of followers. And these influencers are using their platforms to share, promote ideas that eventually affect the current culture. And whether you realize it or not this morning, all of us are affected in some way, shape, or form by our culture. Can I give you an example? Every September, September 1st, no matter how hot it is, no matter how much like summer it still is, everybody starts getting the flannels out and the pumpkin spice lattes. There's one person in the house. It doesn't matter if it's 100 degrees in Bowling Green because we know that can happen here. Amen. I'm going to Starbucks for my pumpkin spice latte. It hasn't even cooled down yet, but I'm going to wear my flannel. Do you know why we do that? Culture. Culture created that norm. And so now we follow it. Now, there may be a lot of you in this room that are saying, I don't drink those pumpkin spice lattes. They're of the devil. You know, whether you realize it or not, even a culture that you're not involved in affects you. Because now you want to go to the store and buy swimming shorts, but they're not available because they've been replaced by flannels. It affects everybody. Somebody say influence. Influence. You and I were created for influence. But the question that we must peg today is what kind of influence? Now, I preached the same message last night at a church. I don't have to break this down for you because you have already sat under kingdom teaching. Okay? We know that the influence that God has called us to is kingdom influence. You and I get this this morning. We're never created to create a culture. We were created to represent a culture. Give me Bible, Pastor Andrew. I will. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, let me teach you how to pray. Our Father who is in heaven, he's establishing what? The king, the hierarchy, 
Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is. The culture of heaven already exists. And what I told them last night was the reality of heaven is more real than the reality of earth. We don't think that because we can't see it. But the fact of it is, earth is not as real as heaven. I know that's weird and trippy sounding. But we're not called to create a culture, but to represent a culture. And we know that Jesus' entire earthly ministry was based on one message. What was it? The kingdom of heaven. I'm going to come to you and show you what it's like to have the culture of heaven invade the culture of earth. And this is why in Genesis 1 and 28, we know this, God blessed them and he said, I want you to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have, say it louder, dominion. I want you to have dominion. We know this word is a kingdom word. Kingdom, king's domain. So God is saying, I want to give you authority to rule and manage what is mine. My domain. The king's domain. Another way you could say this is, I'm going to give you influence. Somebody say influence. I want to give you influence. We were not created to come here on Sundays and hide out in our homes Monday through Saturday, come on, and wait for the rapture to happen. We, are, we were not created to do that. We weren't created to die and go to heaven. That wasn't God's intention. In fact, I heard a pastor this week talking about, and he's, he's my favorite, I'm just going to admit it, Dr. Miles Monroe. If you don't listen to him and you just want your mind blown, just give him two minutes and he'll blow your mind. He preached a whole sermon on yeast. I mean, just insane. I think Jesus is the only preacher that was greater than Dr. Miles Monroe. But I heard him talking about how in the church, we often are preparing people for heaven when it's the opposite. We should be preparing people for heaven to come to earth. We're saying you need to get saved so you can go to heaven. When God is saying, I want you to have salvation to walk through the door so I can give you authority to bring the influence of heaven to earth. Are you staying with me this morning? And so I'm encouraged this morning and I have hope for our city, for our world, for our nation. You know why? You're in it. Did you grasp that? I'm going to say it again. I have hope because you're here. You're here. Representatives of the kingdom of heaven are still here. And as long as we are still here, there is hope for the world. 
Can, can I mess with your theology for a second? The hope of the world is not Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit in you. You're a carrier of the presence of God. The message of Jesus is the hope, but Jesus is not here. Where is he? The right hand of the Father. He said, I'm sending unto you the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And he's going to use you to influence the earth. We're called to influence. Somebody say influence. And so here today in our text, if you can put it back up there, Matt, verse 31, he puts another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. He compares it to a mustard seed. Now, if you don't know this already, he gives us some insight. He says, it's the smallest of all seeds. Now, this goes against our cultural norm because, especially in church, everything has to be the latest and greatest. <laughs> Am I talking truth? It has to be big. Now, listen, I'm the same way, y'all. You know me. I'm just waiting at that door for five million busloads of people to come in so I can preach the kingdom to them. You know what I'm saying? We want it big and we want it the latest and greatest. But here, Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to a mustard seed. Because get this, everybody in our culture wants a huge platform. And in the church, everybody wants a microphone. It's funny how people are willing to take a microphone, but they're not willing to stack chairs. Preach, Pastor Andrew. <laughs> we want to have a microphone, but we're not willing to do what is small. And we may say within ourselves, I'm going to preach to millions. I'm going to, I'm going to have millions of people watching my messages on YouTube. Those are great goals. Those are great aspirations. But you have to start Small. We have to start small. And so often, God doesn't use the things that you and I would use. When there's a giant in the field, he picks King Saul to, to fight him, right? No. He picks small little David. When there are 5,000 people who are hungry, he caters a meal, right? No, he finds the smallest boy with the smallest lunch that could barely feed your pastor. Come on. Why? Because God likes to use small things for his glory. God likes to use small things for his glory. And here we see Jesus comparing the kingdom of heaven and planting it to a mustard seed. It's the smallest of all seeds. But he says, when planted becomes bigger than itself. So if you're taking notes, write this down today. The key to having influence is being planted. The key to having kingdom influence is being planted. Being planted means being submitted. It means not going off and starting another church because you get mad at what somebody says or somebody did. You know what I'm saying? 
It means being submitted. It means staying under the cover of authority. It means staying in the dirt. Now, I have a huge revelation for you that God gave me. You ready for this? You should write this down, seriously. This, you should put this on a poster in your room. This is so revelatory. You know what the interesting thing about dirt is? It's dirty. <laughs> it's dirty, y'all. Deep stuff right there. Mind blown. Mic drop. It's dirty. But yet God says, I want you to stay planted in the dirt where it's dirty and uncomfortable and it may not feel good staying planted. Are you staying with me here? I want you to stay under the cover. And I wonder today if the church has no influence because we weren't willing to stay planted long enough for God to give us influence. We see in Psalms chapter 1, the Bible says, verse 3, that he, who, the, the righteous man, is like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Isn't that funny? That, that, that really gets me. His leaf doesn't wither. Seasons don't affect him. He bears fruit in seasons, but seasons don't make his leaves wither. That, that's a something for another time. And in all he does, he prospers. The tree can't say, I don't like where I am. I'm going to uproot and move myself. What will happen if the tree uproots itself? It dies. It dies. So the key to having fruit, to having influence, is being planted. If we want to prosper in Bowling Green, we're going to have to stay planted. Stay planted in the house of God. Stay planted in kingdom principles. Stay planted in our marriages being healthy in the presence of God. We have to stay planted. Somebody say, stay planted. And so we want this influence and we expect God to hand us large opportunities. But when we ask God for influence, get this, He hands us a seed. God, I, I want the opportunity. I want the opportunity. I want the influence. He's like, okay, here's the seed. Can I trust you with the seed? How do we expect God to bring a movement here in this city where there will not be a building big enough to fit them in. I'm speaking faith to you right now. How do we expect God to do that if we grumble and complain when people don't show up the way we want to? Now, I'm saying that because I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. We have to be willing to be faithful to the seed. The seed. So we say, God, we want influence. He says, here's the seed. And so often we get trapped in the idea that small things are not significant. That if it's not the biggest and the latest and the greatest, God's not in it. But in order for influence to be established, 
You must first plant the seed which has all of the potential within itself. Now, you've heard me talk about this before. What is in a seed? What's in an apple seed? An apple tree, which bears what? Apples, fruit, which in it has what? Seeds. In it has the potential of itself to continually reproduce itself. But we are so used to eating fruit and throwing away the seed that we don't think about that. So in reality, what I have and the influence that God has given me is not just a seed. It's a seed that bears trees, that bears fruit, that bears seeds, that bears. Come on. It's a forest within my hand. God, will you trust me with a forest when I can't be faithful with one little seed? That's influence. And so the kingdom of heaven sometimes may not look like much on the outside because it operates under the system of seed. And and some of you may be kind of discouraged today because you don't have much influence at your job. It's okay. It's okay. Stay planted because God has you planted exactly where you need to be in order to grow. Stay planted. And here's what we see happen in the story. The mustard seed is planted and it grows. But in my research, AJ, the mustard seed grows into a bush. Somebody say a bush. But here, go to the next verse. Listen to what Jesus says. It is the smallest of seeds, but when it has grown larger than the garden plants, it becomes a funny because the mustard seed is not a tree it's a bush but Jesus says it will become a tree supernatural growth now this got me because some of you are at the lowest at your job right now I'm going to put it in your world And that's okay because when you become the boss, people will say, how did you get there? And you'll be able to say the kingdom of heaven. You're not supposed to be a tree. You're supposed to be a bush. Man, I wish we would get this in our spirit this morning. That God wants to give our church supernatural growth how did they get that big that fast kingdom how did she get that job she's not qualified supernatural growth look at your neighbor and say supernatural growth supernatural growth we're in the kingdom of heaven and i believe this morning That God is about to do the impossible when we are faithful with the seed. So you may get frustrated when you hand out a near church invite card. (laughs) Does anybody know where I'm going with this? And they don't show. You know what my favorite thing is that people say? Yeah, I'll be there. 
and they don't show, you know? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. I promise I will be there. Help them, Jesus. That's all I'm going to say. We get frustrated. But what you don't realize is what is in your hand is a seed. And you are not responsible for the growth that happens. You are only responsible for staying planted with the seed that God has given you. Come on, because Paul said some sow, some water, but what? God gives the increase, which means God is about to take things that he's put in our hands that should be small bushes and supernaturally grow them into something that we never thought they could be. Come on, can we give God a hand clap of praise right there? Because he's able to do the impossible. I'm, I'm going to hurry. I'm on page nine right now, y'all. Doing pretty good here. <laughs> so God wants to bring supernatural growth to earth. But remember that in everything that God grows, there is purpose. There's purpose. Because he's not going to give you mind-blowing growth and then you just sit at home at Netflix and waste it. Go back to the text, verse 32. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree. So, this is the reason, so that birds of the air come and make nests in their branches. So the question is, what is the purpose of growth? Well, according to this, it becomes a tree, so there's a place for birds to come. What's it saying? That growth is attractional. God wants to give us growth, not so we can say, look at us, we're a tree. Look how great and mighty and big and wonderful we are. No, it's so that birds will come. Y'all, the presence of God is attractional. It's attractive. The message of the kingdom of heaven, it's attractive. When people really get it, when they really grasp what God is doing in the earth, they want it. They want it. So the purpose of growth is not so we can look better but so we can attract more people. And you know what's funny? Oh, get this. I didn't share this last night. The tree doesn't get to pick what lands in its tree, in its branches. He doesn't get to say red cardinals only, blue jays only. No. He doesn't get to pick what lands in the tree. God wants to give us growth, <laughs> this is funny, to attract all kinds of birds. God wants to give us influence. Where birds from far away from God will see the tree far off and say, man, I need to go to that tree. Why are all the birds at that tree? God wants to give us influence. Stand with me all across this place. Good job, Pastor Andrew. You preached that message in 28 minutes. 
God wants to give me influence. Kingdom influence. He wants to grow me. He wants to give me growth. But it's to bring people to him. It's to bring people to him. So raise your hands all across this place. I'm just going to pray over you. We've already had an altar call. We've had a move of God. It was amazing. And we're going to do, you know what? We get to do it again. And there's people coming to the next service that need what we had at the first. Are you ready for another one? I am. Father God, I pray right now over these people, over these kingdom leaders that you placed in our care.